。好，请大家回到座位，我们开始的时候唱一首诗歌，三百九十四首。诗歌主，我们感谢有这样的特权来到你的话语面前。Lord, we do ask that you may give us an open heaven. 我们祷告，求你给我们一个敞开的天。Lord, you may speak to each one of us. 你对我们每一个人说话。Give us a teachable heart. 给我们一个受教的心。Lord, may we understand what it means for the, for us to live out life out of death. 主，让我们能够明白。什么叫做从死而活的生命 ？Understand what this song talks about your life of resurrection. 让我们明白这首诗歌所讲的你复活的生命。Lord, we pray that you may open up our eyes. 主，我们祷告，求你开我们的眼。We pray this in Jesus' precious name. 我们祷告，奉靠耶稣宝贝的名。Can we turn to Genesis chapter twelve? 好，请大家翻到呃创世纪第十二章。John, Genesis chapter twelve and verse one. 
Now the Lord said to Abraham, Go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you. And I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great. And so you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you. And the one who curses you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. 创世纪十二章第一到第三节，耶和华对亚伯拉罕、亚伯兰说：“你要离开本地本族、父家、王国，要举所要举世你的地去。我必叫你成为大国，我必赐福给你这样的名为大。你也要叫别人得福，为你
He provided the air. And then he provided vegetation. We saw the process of photosynthesis. How God was provided for life. In order so that um, there could not just be life on earth, but that man could be fruitful and multiply. And fill the earth. Full of the life. Uh, full of life on this whole earth. But we also said that God's plan was that by man partaking of the fruit of the tree of life, as man was obedient to God, and lived a dependent life, that the whole earth would be filled with his life. And then the glory of God would fill the whole earth. That was God's plan from the beginning. But unfortunately, man fell. Man partook of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Man declared his independence from God. And decided that he could live a life on his own. And we know what the result of that was. We know that, um, if I'm not mistaken, um, eight million people died in World War One. Fifty million people died in World War Two. man decided to live independently. As man thought that he could live a life independent from God. We see the end result. We talked about the various empires throughout history. The cruel uh, empires of, ba- of Babylon. Of Greece. Of Rome. You saw the savagery of man. And that was the result because man rebelled against God. But we thank God that his he never gave up on his purpose. And in, even though man fell and sinned. And we know that man not only sinned personally. But right before chapter 12. Um, there was the story of the Tower of Babel. Man rebelled against God. Not God man not only sinned. But again, declared his independence. And then we know that there was a story of the flood. So on and so forth. But we know that in Genesis chapter 12, God started a work of recovery. And he called out Abraham. And God's plan was somehow that in this piece of land of Israel, or the land of Canaan, there will be a place where man will be dependent on God. The name of God will be there. The presence of God will be there. Somehow there will be a people that honored Him. And the glory of God will fill this land. But, um, but, uh, if His glory couldn't fill the whole earth, at least on this piece of land, 
There would be a people that would honor him. So God had a wonderful calling for Abraham. So he started the work of recovery. And we know that ultimately, through Abraham, we would see Isaac. And then through Isaac, we would see Jacob. And Jacob eventually had 12 sons. became the sons of Israel. But we all know that God had a much greater plan. Was one day, the descendant of Abraham, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. And that one day that seed will become our Lord Jesus Christ. And then when he came, then, then we know that true salvation would come. And so we talked about this fact. That in the old creation we see the story of photosynthesis. But in the New Testament, we saw in the Gospel of John, there was the true photosynthesis. In him was life, and the life was the light of man. So this light is not just uh, 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 inorganic life. Is that is that a right term? Inorganic. Uh,就是这个生命，它不是一个无机的. But it's an organic. So not only was he the light. Genesis chapter. Uh, sorry, John chapter three. We saw how the Lord was the breath of life. 然后在约翰福音第三章，我们看到了，呃，主是生命的粮。You hear the wind. 呃，你听见风声。We don't know where it comes from or where it's going. 你不知道它从哪里来到哪里去。We said that the word for wind is the word spirit. 我们知道在这里讲到这个风，就是同样讲到灵。So, uh, the Lord told Nicodemus, you must be born again. 主告诉尼哥底母说，你必须要重生。You must be born of the spirit. 你必须要因着圣灵重生。So, um, um. Just like when we were uh, young, or, sorry, when we were born, and um, my mom told me that I was spanked when I was just born. <laughs> so then I would have to cry so that I could have the first breath of life. So in John chapter 20, the Bible says the Lord breathed on the disciples and gave them the Spirit. So you saw the breath of life. But not only that, in John chapter 4, God told the Samaritan woman, you have to drink of the water that I shall give you. If you drink of this water, you will thirst again. If you drink of the water that I shall give you, you will no longer thirst. But out of you will flow forth rivers of living water. So isn't he our, our living water? But then our Lord said, I am the true vine. So brothers and sisters, in the New Testament, in the Gospel of John, the Lord has provided the provisions of life. So this is now uh, provisions for our spiritual life. So everything is there for that life to be able to grow. 
and to be able to grow just like in the old creation the trees grew up and then the trees spread to the whole earth because the trees were all over the earth there would be oxygen all over the earth and then the full earth could be filled with animal life and human life so brothers and sisters today is the same thing this life not just has to grow vertically our spiritual life not only has to mature but this life has to grow horizontally so the Lord Jesus said the gospel needs to preach from Judea to Samaria to the end of the earth so then this life is not just growing in us but also the gospel needs to be preached and the gospel reached to the, every corner of this world and then everywhere you will see the lampstand you will see the testimony of God you will see the expression of his life brothers and sisters don't you see the purpose of God being fulfilled so one day the glory of God will fill the earth of course today we see it in part because unfortunately uh, man is in, in, imperfect but one day when the Lord comes back the Lord will rule over this, this world he will rule over this earth for a thousand years so remember in Genesis the Lord said you will rule over the fish of the sea over the birds of the air and over the cattle in the field God's plan was that man would be king of the earth one day when the Lord Jesus comes back he will be the king of the earth but not only that those that overcome they can reign with Christ for a thousand years so man will rule over this earth for a thousand years then the purpose of God is fulfilled so brothers we know this wonderful plan of God so what does it have to do with us today how do we practically see the reality of this in our lives brothers and sisters I feel that if we really are able to grasp this our individual lives will be different our family lives will be different our church life will be different but brothers and sisters what is the secret of the growth of life and I think the story of Abraham can help us a little bit God called Abraham and the Bible said Sarai was barren she could not have children of her own. It speaks about the inability of man, of Abraham, to fulfill God's plan. Think about this. The name Abraham means the exalted father. Isn't it almost, um, I, I don't want to be irreverent, but almost 
uh, okay, at, at worst it's ironic. Isn't it so ironic? God told Abraham his plan was that he would have many descendants. Uh, that and eventually he told them that through his seed the whole earth would be blessed. For brothers and sisters, Sarah was barren. It proves that Abraham was not able to fulfill God's call. On his own. But it didn't stop him from trying. So what did he do? He said, Well, God said I need to have a kid. Said, okay, so uh, let's see how we can make a kid. And then Sarah gave Hagar to Abraham. And we know that Ishmael was born. And so, um, so, uh, so we know uh, Ishmael was born to Abraham. And Abraham thought, well, wow, now God's plan can be fulfilled. So, Abraham thought that using his own strength, he could fulfill God's plan and God's purpose. But what did God say? It's not Ishmael. You know, Ishmael, in some ways, looked apart. Looked apart. Looked, looked apart. He, he looked like he could be it. Oh. You know, Jacob had 12 sons. Ishmael also had 12 sons. And you know, the descendants of Ishmael actually worship God. So you know, today Islam, they worship one God. In some ways, they were even better than the historical Israelites. Because the Israelites worship idols, remember? But the descendants of Ishmael, they worship one God. So Ishmael looked apart. As if Ishmael could fulfill the purpose of God. But brothers and sisters, that was not God's way. Because um, in God's plan, the cross always has to play a part. So it was not based on Abraham's natural strength. Out of his natural strength, out of Sarah's natural strength, they were barren. And not only that, when God called, told Abraham he was going to have a son. Now, isn't it interesting? In verse 16 of chapter 16, is, he was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to him. But the next verse is, is now Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abraham. So brothers and sisters, now God let Abraham try. 
神就让亚伯拉罕试。And when Abraham tried，那亚伯拉罕试的时候，He paid a great cost，付了很大的代价。Because for thirteen years God did not speak to him。因为有十三年之久神没有对他讲话。So brothers and sisters，所以弟兄姊妹们，We have to be careful。我们要很小心。Sometimes，有的时候，When we have the calling of the Lord，我们有神的呼召。To be very practically，很实际上来讲，He calls us to be son。Maybe a daughter, a husband, maybe a wife, maybe a father, maybe a mother, grandparents. He calls us to be brothers and sisters in the church. He calls us to ministry. The question is this What is the source of our work or our playing that role? Now, Ishmael looked apart. But that was not God's heart. So it wasn't until when Abraham turned 99 years old. Now, uh, he was pretty old, right? And um, as a matter of fact, Sarah was 90. And no wonder both Abraham and Sarah laughed when God said, "You will be with child." So when God told them that you will have a child, Abraham and Sarah laughed. They were thinking, "Is God joking?" How is that possible? So brothers and sisters, no wonder they laughed. But but God purposely waited till Abraham was ninety nine. He waited till Sarah was ninety. But then something had to happen. God told Abraham that all the males of the household needed to be circumcised. So, because before circumcision, it speaks about, it's, everything spoke of Abraham's natural strength. His natural ability. That's how Ishmael was produced. But circumcision, Speaks about the cutting out. Speaks about the work of the cross. God was telling Abraham, "For Isaac, you have no part. You you have no part in producing Isaac. It is completely the finger of God." Completely work of God. So brothers and sisters, here we see the principle of death and resurrection. In our own life, we have nothing to offer the Lord. We are barren like Sarah. But brothers and sisters, if the Lord touches it, if it goes through death, it comes out in resurrection. That's how Isaac was produced. So it wasn't until they were circumcised then Isaac was born. But not only that, remember after Isaac was born, God then asked 
Abraham to take Isaac to a mountain and to offer him as a sacrifice. Once again, God wanted to remind Abraham, You have no part in the purpose of God by yourself. So Abraham obeyed. He placed his son in the hand of God. He thought that even if it means my son to die, this is in the Lord's hand. And when he offered Isaac, when he offered himself, then God gave Isaac back. Now God was not after Isaac. God was after Abraham. God was after the heart of Abraham. That he was willing to let go. And put it in the hand of God. Then God could return it to him in resurrection. It wasn't until Abraham was willing to offer Isaac as a sacrifice. After that, then what did God say? Now, before God said that your um, the, all the families of the earth will be blessed. But it wasn't until uh, Genesis chapter 22, verse 17. Indeed, I will greatly bless you, and I will greatly multiply your seed as the stars of the heavens, and as the sand which is on the seashore, and your seed shall possess the gate of their enemies. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed, because you have obeyed my voice. And we know this seed speaks about our Lord Jesus Christ. So when God brings us to death and resurrection, what is produced, the end goal is Christ. So we know from Abraham's offering, we know that it brought forth Christ. So, brothers and sisters, what is the secret for the life of Christ to grow in us? Death and resurrection. Brothers and sisters, this is not a theory. This is very practical. It's very real. Based on, on our own ability, we don't have the ability to fulfill God's purpose. So we know in Ephesians it says, Husband, love your wives. Just as Christ loved the church. So wives, be subject to your husband. So, brothers and sisters, we all know the theory. But is it a reality? Now, why is it that um, today, even amongst Christians, there's a 50% divorce rate? They have the life of Christ. But how come they're still getting divorced? Do you think that's God's plan? God said it was not so. The Lord said it wasn't so from the beginning. So that's why 
the Lord gave us the story of Cana of Galilee. So, why is We know that in the wedding of Cana of Galilee, the wine gave out. And, uh, and then uh, Mary, uh, Mary told the Lord Jesus, their wine has given out. Because brothers and sisters, just like Abraham and Sarah, based on our own abilities, we are a barren. Based on our own abilities, we always make a mess of our marriages. We make a mess of parenting. We make a mess of being children. Uh, but it takes the Lord to come in. When the Lord touches it, when His life is in there, when there is death and resurrection, the Lord turned water into wine. And we know the story of the water becoming wine. We know that our Lord was like that great. On the Mount of Transfiguration, He could have ascended into heaven. Because He was discussing with Moses and Elijah how He would exit this earth. Remember his face was transfigured? His face shone like the sun. And our Heavenly Father said, This is my beloved Son. Listen to him. He covered Moses and Elijah. They were incomparable with Christ. They could not compare with his son. He fully satisfied the Father's will. He could have ascended into heaven. But he did not do that. The Bible says he set his face towards Jerusalem. He was willing to be crushed. Go to the wine press. On the cross, out of his side, came forth water and blood. Brothers and sisters, today, this morning, we could drink this cup of joy. Because the Lord went to the cruel wine press of the cross. So, brothers and sisters, this life, this story, is the story of water becoming wine. Our Lord paid that price. Brothers and sisters, is that life that's going to save our marriages? Is that life that will um, that will bring us to a point where we can be good husbands? Good wives. Good parents, good children, good brothers and sisters, faithful servants of the Lord. But brothers and sisters, this is very practical. This is very real. So, um, as I was thinking about this, there's so many things that we sometimes don't associate with our natural strength. But think about um, in family life. Now, many of us are Chinese. Now, and many of us take pride in the fact that we had Confucius. We had other philosophers that taught us how to be good people. How to be good, proper men. So, uh, in many ways, 
There's certain things that that um, mold who we are. Culturally tells us how we should be. So culturally, the man is to be very honorable. So culturally, you might think. Oh, I I work really hard every day. I work eight hours, maybe twelve hours a day. When I come home, I expect to just sit on the sofa. And then my lovely wife to bring me my slippers. And then I can be on on get online, go online. She can cook. And after she cooks, she will do the dishes, put the kids to sleep, and then uh, I do whatever I want. So culturally, we may be tied to certain things. Culturally, Chinese people are not very affectionate people. So, especially as fathers, maybe when we grew up, our, our fathers never gave us a hug. And then he'll say, Well, this is American culture. Oh, they hug all the time. I don't need to do that. But, brothers and you see what I'm getting to. A lot of things relate to our natural thinking. And we use that natural thinking to mold our family life. This is how it's supposed to be. But brothers and sisters, have we gone before the Lord? Is that of the Lord? Maybe the Lord wants you to hug your kids. When the kid falls and trips, maybe they need a kiss. But you, you, you get what I'm saying. So maybe that's what they need. Maybe your father never spoke to you. Never talked to you about things of life. You only came to him for big decisions. So maybe you're doing the same with your kids. I don't need to talk to them. They talk to their mother. But could it be that the Lord wants us to bring them up in the discipline of the Lord? Could it be that the Lord wants us to read the Bible with them? To pray with them? Brothers and sisters, what is our thinking? So Abraham had a certain thought. But God had to change him. God had to tell, tell him that Ishmael was not good enough. Brothers and sisters, maybe our culture is our Ishmael. And um, oftentimes we say, well, this is how my parents taught me, so that's how I'm going to teach my kids. So part of the um, Chinese culture again, sorry to bring that up. Uh-huh. The wife is to be submissive. But brothers and sisters, do you think that the submission spoken of in the Chinese culture is the same as what the Bible is saying? There could be an outward form of submission. 
But what does the wife feel inside? So, brothers and sisters, the difference between the life of the Lord and our life is um, very different. And what comes out is very different. So, why do so many sisters have stomach problems today? Or sometimes they cannot fall asleep at night. Could it be that they're internalizing everything? It is right for me as a wife to submit to my husband. But inside I'm so angry. I'm so bitter. Why did God put this in the Bible? So I once heard a sister say this that I that very I'm not a sister, so I can't really speak for this matter of submission, there are three possible things. Three possible scenarios. The first scenario is your husband says something that's very reasonable. It makes a lot of sense. makes sense. I'll submit. That's probably very easy, right? Because it makes sense. You agree, so you The second scenario is if um, he says something or thinks something, you disagree. But you don't want to deal with the fa- the, the, you don't want to deal with arguing with him. So you're like, whatever. I'll submit. Okay, so that's the second scenario. But the third scenario is when the husband says something or thinks something and you don't necessarily agree. But because you love the Lord, for the Lord's sake, you're willing to receive that from the Lord. Brothers and sisters, this is true submission. When there is unreasonableness, there is something that you disagree with, but you receive it from the Lord. So we know uh, in Matthew chapter 5, the Lord talks about when someone strikes you on the right cheek, you should turn the other cheek to him. When someone asks you for your shirt, you should also give him your coat. When someone tells you to go the one the one mile, you go with them the second mile. So we know that the person that strike struck your right cheek. Now why the right cheek? So if you hit, most people are right-handed, right? So when you when you slap someone, it should be the left cheek, right? But the Bible says the right cheek. Why? Because probably that person struck you with the back of their hand. And that's the most humiliating way to strike someone. But under such circumstances, the Lord says, turn the other cheek. The person that struck you never expected you to turn the other cheek. 
probably pretty happy they struck you the first time. But it's the Lord that asked for the second cheek. It's the Lord that asked us for that coat. It's the Lord that asked for that second mile. Brothers and sisters, he who comes after me must take, deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Brothers and sisters, this is so real. So maybe after a long day, at work, you may think, I work so hard. I'm trying to make money to provide for my wife and my kids. You come home, you're so tired. And then, um, and then maybe your wife complains to you. <laughs> oh, you you could be at work and enjoying your time with your coworkers. home in a mess. With, with the kids, you know, yelling and screaming. up after them. And it's so easy for you. And so now maybe after dinner. You're so tired. Long day of work. You just want to sit in front of the television. But maybe the Lord moves in your heart. Maybe you never step into the kitchen. But maybe the Lord said, maybe you should go to the dishes. So to lay down your life, yourself. Take up your cross and follow the Lord. And brothers and sisters, um, when you do this, and you really receive from the Lord, you will see the life of resurrection come out. You will see that there will be a peace that passes understanding. Someone once put it this way the cross looks terrible. But when you really are willing to receive it, the two arms of the cross become like two wings to take you flying. Brothers and sisters, remember in the, the, the book of Exodus chapter 15, one of the stops they came to was Mara. Because the water there was bitter. But what happened? There was a tree that was thrown in. And that water became sweet. So brothers and sisters, what is the difference between manufactured um, submission? And the true submission received from the Lord, what is the difference? Is that, is that tree? It's the cross. When there isn't the cross, there's a lot of bitterness. But when there is true submission to receiving of the cross, there is sweetness. So remember in Hebrews chapter 12, I think we have to read there.
Verse 11. All discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful, but sorrowful. Yet to those who have been trained by it, afterwards it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. You know, Romans 8, 28 says, All things work together for good for those who are called according to this purpose. So we know that the Lord brings us to different experiences and circumstances to mold us, to make us, to conform us to the image of His Son. But in those situations, for the moment, doesn't seem to be joyful but sorrowful because there is a loss there is a death but yet afterwards it yields a peaceful fruit of righteousness this is the paradox of the cross momentarily it looks like there is a loss there and we know it's just like you know, when we have to go um, through surgery because we have cancer. Or even when we're going through a chemo. It's painful. It is a lot of suffering. But the goal of that treatment is to take out that cancer that's going to kill us. Brothers and sisters, our flesh will kill us. Will smother our spiritual life. But the Lord is like that surgeon taking the knife of the cross and cutting out that cancer. But afterwards, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. So, brothers and sisters, when a situation comes, there can only be two results. One is the peaceful fruit of righteousness or if you read further down verse 15 see to it that no one comes short of the grace of God and no root of bitterness bringing up causes trouble and by it many be defiled brothers and sisters is there peaceful fruit of righteousness? Or is there bitterness? Is the Lord's environment going to stumble us? So when a brother or sister says something that offends us, there could be two things, two responses. One is, Lord, I thank you. I receive it from you. I embrace the cross. Even though that brother or sister really deeply hurt me. But I take it from you. I pick up my straws, deny myself, and follow you. I can guarantee you there will be a peaceful fruit of righteousness that will come to your heart. But on the other extreme, our response can be if that brother or sister hurt me, now I feel hurt. How dare that brother or sister? Don't they know I am such and such? 
Don't they know blah 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 blah? Or don't doesn't uh, if my our husband or our wife hurts us. We can take it from the Lord. Or there will be a root of bitterness that will start to build up. Why do you think um uh yeah, so there will be a root of bitterness that will rise up. So that's why I remember when the when Peter came to the Lord and said, Lord, how many times uh, must my brother offend me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Now Peter is very excited when he came to the Lord. He said, Lord, you know, normal Jewish people only forgive their brothers three times a day. But I'm pretty good. I'm better than most. I'll forgive him seven times. And to his surprise, I'm sure Peter was surprised. So many responses by the Lord. So not seventy, not seven times. But seventy times, seven times. So brothers and sisters, that means you have to forgive your brother every two minutes. That means, you know, when you, Peter knew it was seven times because he was counting, right? So, oh, that first, second, third, five, and it's probably Andrew, he felt Andrew offended him. But, but you think, who, who's more likely to offend somebody? Is it Peter offending Andrew or Andrew offending Peter? You know, Peter, people that talk more usually offend more people. But anyway, but why 70 times 7 times? Because you not have to forgive. But you have to forget. But brothers and sisters, when brothers and sisters hurt us, sometimes we don't forget. Sometimes we don't forget. Sometimes we remember. For one year, five years, for ten years, for twenty years, and we hold that root of bitterness. And we become a bitter person. And that bitterness can destroy us. And that bitterness can restrict us from growing in the Lord. It will cause us to be ineffective in our service. So brothers and sisters, why not be wrong? Why not allow the Lord to deal with us? Why not take it from the Lord? Why not take it it's it's kind of all encompassing, isn't it? Verse twenty two talks about the wives and talks about the husbands and it talks about children and honor your parents. And then we always um and so brothers and sisters 
Because it's always related. And it's always balanced. If it's of the Lord's life, it will be balanced. What do I mean? So one time, uh, my wife said, one of her relatives said this. He said, um, my husband came to me and said this. You are a wonderful mom. You give your life completely to the kids. You get up early, you sleep late, you cook, you do the dishes, you wash. You're a wonderful mom. But you're a terrible wife. So brothers and sisters. So you know, of course, uh, her husband said, "Well, because you're neglecting me." But brothers and sisters, if it's of the Lord, it will be balanced. What do I mean? Some people may think, "Oh, I'm a great father." Or I'm a great mother. But brothers and sisters, I can say this. If you're not a good wife. If you're not a good husband, you cannot be a good father. You cannot be a good mother. Because brothers and sisters, we need to be an example to our children. If we're fighting with our husbands all day, we're fighting with our wives all day, what kind of example are we setting for our children? If we're not denying ourselves and taking up a cross in our relationship with our husband and wives, what do you think it leaves an impression on our kids? How often does history repeat itself? You hear about child psychology. We're not here to talk about child psychology. But how does when a young boy grows up to be a man? Often what happens is this. They treat their wives just like their fathers treated their wives. They treat their husbands just like their moms treated their husbands. So brothers and sisters, if we want to be great parents, we have to be good husbands and good wives. The life of Christ has to be manifested in every aspect of our life. So brothers, this is very practical. So may we all come before the Lord. Now, our brother Kong reminded us not to look at ourselves. But in his light, we shall see light. I don't mean for us to introspect. And look at myself. Mm, am I pretty good? Because he said, there's only two assessments that you'll make. When you look at yourself, you'll either overestimate yourself or underestimate yourself. We'll either be proud or we'll have low self-esteem. Or, you know, we will, yeah. So we could be completely elated Oh look, I'm pretty good. Oh look at my uh, college degrees. 
oh look at uh, me fifty uh, percent um, of the marriages are, end up in divorce I'm not divorced <laughs> but brothers and sisters in his life you shall see light can we like Abraham recognize that we need to go through the process of a circumcision we all know the right things we have heard so many messages oh we have to be a good husband we have to be a good wife we have to submit we have to love our wives but brothers and sisters is it through our own methods and ways has our culture formed how we should do things brothers and sisters we need to come before the cross furthermore um, when it comes to this matter of being in the house of God of learning to serve with brothers and sisters what is our attitude I think of Revelation chapter 3 it says <coughs> to the uh, to this is the message to the church in Laodicea I know your deeds that you verse 15 I know that your deeds that you are neither hot cold nor hot I wish that you were cold or hot so because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold I will spit you out of my mouth because you say I am rich and have become wealthy and have no need of nothing and you do not know what you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may become rich and white garments so that you may clothe yourself and the shame of your nakedness will not be revealed on the eye staff to anoint your eyes so that you may see those whom I love are reproved and disciplined therefore be zealous and repent uh, 我是富足已经发了财一样都不缺却不知道你是那困苦可怜贫穷瞎眼吃身的我劝你向我买火炼的金子叫你富足又买白衣穿上叫你吃身的羞耻不露出来又买眼药擦你的眼睛使你能看见
that somehow we become so self-satisfied that we feel like no one else is fit to serve with me. The brothers and sisters, Philippians chapter 2, it says, do nothing from selfishness, verse 3, do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. And have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. Brothers and sisters, sometimes it's hard, but to recognize the Christ that is in each one of us. But the Lord didn't choose to just select 12 uh, apostles and that was it. If you look in the New Jerusalem, yes, the foundation stones are 12 apostles. But if you look at that whole city, I don't know if you ever realized this, but it's 1,500 miles wide. And then 1,500 miles deep. And 1,500 miles high. Full of precious stones. So, yes, there are 12 foundation stones. But brothers and sisters, the Lord chose to choose millions. Because it takes millions, or maybe even billions, to, of precious stones to reflect who the Lord is. We may think we're pretty good. But we are only one stone. In that huge building. And we just need to play our part. So let us regard one another as more important than yourselves. It takes the cross. So recently some of us have been uh, working on a book. And translating a book. It's been a wonderful experience. For me, I started to realize the multivarious, um, uh, what is it called? Uh, the, 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 the multivarious aspects of the life of Christ. Or, or the multifarious aspects of the wisdom of God. That there are quite a few of us, probably like 10 or 12 of us. We each bring a little bit something different. Now, I never enjoyed uh, grammar so much in school. So I remember when I was a senior in high, I was a senior high school, I got a B minus in English. Not my thing. But interesting enough, the Lord has us editing a book in English. But it's wonderful. There's this one brother, he loves 
grammar and loves punctuation. Now going to school, I never paid attention to punctuation. But now you have to publish a book. Did you know that a period always comes before quotes? Unless there's a reference, you put it after the reference. So, and then, you know, there's certain times that you put quotes. Sometimes you have to use italics if it's a foreign language. Or a title of a poem, but that's not a book. Anyway, so things I never paid attention to before. Don't get me started in capitalization. Do you capitalize the cross? And the kingdom? On the Bible, it doesn't capitalize, but in books, they do. So you see, all these different things. But the Lord brought a brother that loves this stuff. And he's going through the whole book and doing what he loves. But then you'll see, a brother is better in Chinese. <coughs> Another brother or sister is better in English. In translating a book. Bringing different spiritual aspects. Someone is uh, wonderful at the artistic setup of the book. I can just draw stick figures. <laughs> I have no artistic bone in me at all. But the Lord brought us together. Now, and there are a lot of decisions that have to be made. But in this decision making process, we may have a strong opinion about something. But then we learn to submit to one another. To, to, um, to see one another as more. Uh, to, okay, sorry. To regard, I'm sorry, to regard one another as more important than yourselves. This is my opinion. But brother, I submit to you. For the sake of, the, for that, of that product. Of course, this book is to exalt the Lord. And then you see the beauty of the body working together. But there's a very practical laying down of, of the of, of, of oneself. You know, for some people, it bothers what direction the arrow is pointing. And then the brother say, well, doesn't that bother you? Some will say, well, it doesn't bother me that much. But very practically, there's a laying down for the glory of the Lord. Brothers and sisters, very small picture. But as we serve together, as we work together, the Lord puts us in situations where we need to make decisions. We may not agree. Sometimes we may even hurt one another. But brothers and sisters, are we willing to take up the cross and follow the Lord? It's very practical. It might be even something down to hugging your kids. Oh, I cannot do that. I'm proper Chinese father. <laughs> I, cannot, I cannot do that. 
But if the Lord asks you to do it, maybe at that moment, that's exactly what your child needs. Is, are we open to the Lord to change how we think? Brothers and sisters, are we doing things just because we are told to? If we do that, it's going to be very miserable. It's very tough to live a religious life. The difference between religion and the Lord's life is that religion is us trying to set to reach a certain standard. By our own life. Think about it. I, in history, you'll see asceticism. So I have to have to cut myself. I have to suffer. I have to do something to reach to the to the standard of God. But brothers and sisters, the life in us is a transcendent life. It's the life of an eagle. So um, I always remember this story that sometimes when 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 a boat is stuck because of the low tide they just have to wait for the water level to go up they can go over that problem so brothers and sisters sometimes we are stuck sometimes out of our own uh, our own methods we create a mess we argue with our spouses. Um, we get yelled by our boss. But God's desire is His life may come forth in every situation. That life is a transcendent life. Are we laying, willing to lay down our lives? It's very practical. Sometimes I feel like it's very theoretical for us. There is no real um, laying hold of us. The Lord, we do not allow the Lord to really lay hold of us. Are we really willing to take it from the Lord? Or is it just an outward form? Just like Ishmael. Or is it just because we can um, grind our teeth and go through it? Oh, I'm going to suffer for the Lord. I'm going to go through the situation. But you go through it so bitter. So miserable. So you're always complaining to other sisters. Oh, my husband, he's so blah, 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 blah. Oh, my wife, she's such a nag. Is that, is that what is reflected? If we are very bitter, so you know that's not of the Lord. We haven't really experienced the work of the cross. Because as James chapter sorry, one last verse. Uh, James chapter three. 
For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder in every evil thing. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering without hypocrisy. 在何处有嫉妒纷争，就在何处有搅乱和各样的坏事。唯独从上头来的智慧，先是清洁，后是和平，呃，温柔，呃，温良柔顺，满有怜悯，多结善果，没有偏见，没有假冒。Yesterday we heard a testimony about the life of our brother Matthew. 啊，昨天我们听到我们李根弟兄他的见证。Our brother Richard mentioned that every time he went to see him. Our brother was so positive. He was not bitter. He didn't have complaints. It was a wonderful testimony of the life of the Lord. Brothers and sisters, as difficult as the circumstance as he went through, facing sickness, facing death, as if when you Went to see him. You were brought to the gate of heaven. So, brothers and sisters, this is God's desire. Is that his life may come into an impossible situation. And there may be sweetness. Now, when the Lord comes back, Ezekiel 47, it talks about there's a place called Engedi. You can visit it today. It's right next to the Dead Sea. Now the Dead Sea is dead. There is no life there. And you know, interesting, the salt of the Dead Sea actually tastes bitter. Normally it should be salty. But because it's so low, the lowest place on earth, or lowest elevation on earth, Okay, but anyway, there's so many minerals there that the water is bitter. But one day, when the Lord comes back, there's going to be water coming out from the from the temple. flow into the Dead Sea. And the Bible says, there will be fishermen all around the Dead Sea. Just like the Sea of Galilee. And they will be fishing. They'll be full of life. Brothers and sisters, when there's the true work of the cross, there is resurrection life. Brothers and sisters, that's what the Lord is after. Your family life should be filled with life, filled with joy, filled with peace. But brothers and sisters, are you going to allow the Lord to do that? The church should be filled with life, filled with joy, brothers and sisters loving one another, washing one another's feet. But are we going to allow the Lord to do it? His life is that it's fullness of life. But oftentimes we hold him up. Can we allow him to do that? Can we embrace the cross? ourselves and let his life fill our life. a real testimony for him, fullness of life. Even in bitter situations, transform it into sweet waters. May we have a season of prayers and commit this time to the Lord.
in the secret place to build the body of Christ. And each one of us as living stones. So we do pray that you give us an opening ear that we can hear what the Spirit is speaking to each one of us. And in the secret place, in our daily life, so we can respond to you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.